is the only bank devoted exclusively to entrepreneurs, and we're committed to the success of women entrepreneurs and majority women-owned companies across Canada. As a proud partner of the Thrive Podcast, we're here to help you start, grow, or scale your business. Find out more at bdc.ca forward slash women today. Scotiabank is proud to co-present the Thrive Podcast for Women Entrepreneurs. Through the Scotiabank Women Initiative, Scotiabank aims to help advance women-led businesses with access to capital, education, and mentorship. To learn more, visit scotiabankwomeninitiative.com. listening to the Thrive Podcast on the Startup Canada Podcast Network, where we help women entrepreneurs to start and build thriving businesses. On the Thrive Podcast, we connect you with leading experts, entrepreneurs, and organizations that provide capital, mentorship, training, tools, and other support to help you make your vision a reality faster. This podcast is a production of Startup Canada, Canada's entrepreneurship organization, and is presented in partnership with the Business Development Bank of Canada and Scotiabank. I'm your host, Kayla Isabel, Executive Director at Startup Canada. Welcome to the show. We are thrilled to have Somia Rajasekharan on our show today. When COVID-19 hit, Somia began reaching out to people in her community in order to check in. And these conversations inspired her to launch Build Up Women. The Build Up Women series is an online community created to inspire, learn from, share, support, engage, and build up women during and post COVID-19. The first season launched 10 live series discussions on key subject matters, including leadership, economic abuse, job loss and job opportunity, accessibility during COVID-19, education during COVID-19, and motherhood, and really everything in between. The series includes over 30-plus inspiring female disruptors, change makers, influencers, advocates, and community leaders across Canada with a focus on diversity and inclusion. Somia is a champion and an outspoken advocate for inclusion and women's empowerment with a key focus in social impact. She currently works with the Ontario Disability Employment Network to focus on innovation and best practice in diversity and inclusion. Welcome to the show, Somia. Thank you. It's so excited to be here. Oh, great. Thrilled to have you uh, on the Thrive Podcast today. So before we dive into today's conversation, what's really the one thing that you want our audience to take away from our chat today? Sure. Um, so I think the one thing I would want the audience to take away from our conversation is really um, maybe not it may be a takeaway, may not be, but really kind of reflecting on the importance and the power of allyship. Mm. And I say that simply because of my journey and my story and how the series came about. Um, had it honestly not been uh, for incredible women, even including yourself, you know, mm. listening and and um, validating why I was doing what I'm, I am doing. Um, and getting support through partnerships or through sponsorships, the the series may not have happened. And that even comes from um, people giving their own time to support the series any way that they can. Um, Had it not been for that support and that engagement and and that level of um, 
validation which really empowered me mm. to continue and move forward and to push even on those dark days um, <laughs> the series may not have happened so I really want people to not only take away but to really reflect as well on allyship Mm, I love that. So take us back to the beginning of Build Up Women. I remember at the very beginning of the pandemic talking to you um, about this idea, about this launch. Um, why did it all begin for you and how does it work? So it began for two reasons. Mm -hmm. <laughs> One, um, I started a new venture um, in the new year, super pumped about it. You know, new year, new venture, let's do this mentality. And then, of course, um, COVID hit, and like many businesses, they were financially they were hit hard, and I was laid off um, in mid March. And it was at that time. First off, I've never experienced that before. So not only had I needed to process the layoff, I also needed to process a new form of life during the pandemic. Mm. Um, so definitely felt pieces of who I am as an individual were taken away from me because I, I couldn't have access to green space, for example, mm -hmm. couldn't go out, a lot of couldn'ts. Um, while um, navigating parenthood mm -hmm. um, and really understanding what I was going to do, at the same time, very grateful, of course, um, to have a roof over my head and have access to a backyard space and, and ensuring that family is healthy, very grateful for that. Um, the second part is that I wanted to start checking in, um, as you mentioned earlier, to really see how women, you know, even in my community or women in my network are handling what is happening, handling things that are out of their control. Mm -hmm. And it was really through those conversations that all of the series discussions, the, the topics of series discussions came to life. And what it is, and you said it so elegantly in the beginning, is that it is um, 10 live series conversations and with a core focus on, on inclusion to really focus on key matters that a lot of women were facing. Um, and women, you know, we have been barriered before. We're facing, we've faced so many barriers before COVID-19. And when COVID hit, those barriers amplified tremendously. And I really wanted to bring those matters and those impacts to the at the forefront of the conversation um, and inviting diverse perspectives, um, individuals with different experiences, um, different insights to the conversation. Um, and the other mentality was hopefully that people were able to carve out some time for themselves to engage in these conversations and be vulnerable mm -hmm. and wanted to create a safe space to ask questions um, and to have takeaways. And that was the other part of these conversations is to not only have these conversations, but to provide resources for people to mm -hmm. action out within themselves or action out within their communities or the organizations that they're working for. Mm. Fantastic. And in those conversations, obviously, women's empowerment was a, a core um, theme and an area that you explored, you know, if you were talking about economic abuse, if you were talking about leadership, et cetera. What does women's empowerment mean to you and, and specifically within the context of entrepreneurship? Wow. <laughs> that is, <laughs> Small question. That is, yeah, no. Um, so I'll just take it back a little bit, mm. um, do some reflecting when, when I first started. Entrepreneurship is something that I never explored before. Mm. Um, it's something that happened 
to me, and I'm really thrilled that it unraveled the way it did. Um, so to me, what women's empowerment truly is and should be is investment, investing your time, whatever that may be, whether that is through mentorship, whether that may be through support, whether that may be through just lending a year for people to vent. Mm-hmm. It's also really about um, instilling confidence when you have self-doubt. It's about picking each other up and to continue to move forward um, and really shifting the focus and bring it back to our resilience. Mm. Um, so with my journey, that's exactly what happened. Women who I'd never met, who I'd never conversed with before, who I wanted to, who was truly inspired by the incredible work that everyone was doing, um, were willing to do that without knowing who I was. Mm. They, you know, believing in my why, my story, um, my involvement, and that's really what empowered me. Um, and we became allies on so many levels. Um, and that's what I think it should be um, in the context of entrepreneurship. And looking at all the discussions that you had, um, you know, with such and, and what I loved about the the initiative was the diversity of perspectives across so many industries, so many different backgrounds, um, regionally. Just it was it was really empowering, I think, as as women to see so many different faces as a part of these conversations. What were some of the key trends or the main barriers that you found through those conversations emerged, um, either during the pandemic or you know being women leaders in general? Sure. Um, so I think for me, first and foremost, it was just absolutely wonderful to see an incredible representation mm-hmm. at the conversation. That is something that, to be very honest and frank, I have never experienced before. Mm-hmm. Um, so and that is what I wanted my commit. My, that is exactly what my commitment is, is to really bring a true focus on inclusion. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of the barriers um, that were spoken about were absolutely true, um, especially in the midst of the pandemic. Um, and the, the barriers of course was the, one of the biggest ones was inaccessibility, right? So mm-hmm. even looking back and reflecting on the series being online, not everyone is able to access the series. Mm-hmm. So regardless of for me, whether that happened in the conversation or not, this is something that I've automatically noticed is the online shift, mm-hmm. but the online shift of in that doesn't necessarily mean inclusive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? That's such a good point that you know people think, uh, and and I've definitely been guilty of this saying you know we're now online so we can access all of these new entrepreneurs or all of these new audiences um, because there isn't this in person barrier which is true in some ways but presents a whole new suite um, of accessibility challenges that many. I, I dare say, you know, in their pivots have not necessarily considered um, myself included. So it's it, there's definitely a lot of work to be done in that space. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's oftentimes it was such a quick shift mm-hmm. to online transition that yeah. there wasn't there may not have been enough time to really think about that. Right. Mm-hmm. But I that's a problem that existed before. Yeah. Right. It just amplified a lot more. It mm-hmm. was brought to the forefront when there's been a major shift in the way people were communicating, in the way people are working. Mm-hmm. And then the other side of the coin as well, um, when you're looking at the the shift in work, 
remote work and working from home, that is a concept that's really been um, pushed back, especially when it comes to um, people who uh, who have a disability or have multitude of disabilities. That is a concept that has been pushed back pre-COVID, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And since COVID, it's all of a sudden become normal, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So it's just really um, not only kind of adjusting to the way that things are happening now, but it's also reflecting in the way that things should have been pre-COVID, mm. pre-pandemic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in the conversations as well, going outside of accessibility and these different components, are there any key barriers or, or challenges that came up conversation after conversation when you were, you were discussing women and, and entrepreneurship specifically? Um, anything to, to share with our listeners on that side? Sure. Um, so the biggest one um, that was certainly brought up is there were obviously women were hit hard during the layoffs. Mm-hmm. So it's women who are transitioning into the entrepreneurship space, the um, lack of awareness in terms of support mm-hmm. and lack of awareness in terms of accessing funds mm-hmm. um, to kickstart um, their idea. Mm-hmm. Um so I think that was the biggest barrier is for individuals who are not in the entrepreneurship space, really not knowing where to go mm-hmm. um, and how to execute, where to even begin, I should say. Let's start there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> where to even begin mm-hmm. um, and, and not having access to mentors and not knowing what that looks like. Really not knowing, I, I would say, was the biggest barrier, mm-hmm. um, especially for those who are not from an entrepreneurial space at all. But taking it a bit further is a lack of representation of entrepreneurs in um, in BIPOC community, mm-hmm. in the immigrant community, newcomer community, and the LGBTQ2S plus community. And of course, um, people who identify as having a disability or disabilities. Mm-hmm. The, un- the inability to see yourself as an entrepreneur because there, there isn't enough representation. And so bringing up these challenges, um, you know, what what's next for, for the Build Up Women series to sort of combat and, um, you know, bring these bring these challenges to life and, and create some action around it? What what are your plans to bring this to the fold moving forward? Wow. <laughs> I know I that's also that. <laughs> a small question as well. Well, I, and I think it's so interesting in, in so many conversations that you and I have had, Somya, and, and around uh, this topic, it's it's one thing to be talking about these challenges, but how do we actually create an ecosystem and, an, and a space that mm-hmm. combats these challenges? That you know, shifting from the conversation to the action piece is very challenging, and I think many many entrepreneur support organizations are challenged by this. Um, you know, but but what is the ask? You know, was there any recommendation from the women that you spoke to around how we can do better in terms of action, not just bringing these these challenges to the surface through conversation? Yeah, so the biggest and I think the most important one is who who is at the forefront of these conversations? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How inclusive are these conversations, right? So that's the biggest um, barrier I see right now is the individuals who are um, proposing a process or the individuals who are, who are responsible for grants or funding. Mm-hmm. Um, what is the level of engagement for the individuals to really ask um, who is left out of this? Mm-hmm. Why is this engagement not happening? And have these conversations had with those who are not represented? Mm-hmm. 
right? And I think that's the biggest, that's the question that we need to start asking ourselves and asking those who are not represented as well. Mm, That is the number one step. Completely agree. And I I really appreciate that, you know, you've also been bringing this perspective um, into one of Startup Canada's Women Entrepreneur Roundtables um, that we're doing in partnership with the Embassy of Israel, connecting women entrepreneurs within the Canadian ecosystem and within the Israeli ecosystem. Um, With your experience so far and and the perspective that you're bringing into those conversations, um, what what advice are you offering from, you know, the community level and and bringing this women's empowerment lens and, and your experience through Build Up Women? Sure. Well, first and foremost, thank you for inviting me uh, to sit at the round table for this discussion. Um, So the experience for me has been absolutely incredible um, because of um, the the diverse and the the inclusive conversations that I've been having. And the conversations have been very raw, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. Which I think has been what needs to happen is having very raw, unfiltered conversations. and for me at the community level, it really also shifts back uh, to the way women are engaging with one another mm. and in the way of kind of representation, I think, uh, is, is key. But those conversations um, needs to start at a very young age, mm-hmm. needs to be introduced at a very young age. I think having those conversations, whether that may be in university after after college um, or other training programs, maybe too late. Mm. That doesn't that doesn't mean that it's not possible, but I think our work needs to start <laughs> way back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> really uh, looking at it, um, whether that is through education, um, whether that is through after program, whether that is through other, um, whether that is through camps, whether that is through other form of discussion. Mm-hmm. I think the biggest um, uh, issue that I've seen is that the conversations have not been inclusive. Those conversations do not happen until very late in the game. So, mm-hmm. and, I, and that's also been addressed even at our roundtable. Mm-hmm. And the other kind of um, point is really understanding the different dynamics of individuals' families mm-hmm. that was also mentioned. Mm-hmm. Understanding different dynamics of communities, how communities function, um, and really evaluating the processes that have been put in place um, to, one, measure, um, you know, the goals, you know, to, to measure impact, to measure um, benefits. So <clears throat> I absolutely loved these conversations because it was very organic and unedited. There are a lot of similarities as well, but there are also a lot of um, differences mm-hmm. in the way, of course, um, things have been approached in Israel versus things that have been approached in Canada. Mm. Right. So um, and then the community level, um, I obviously think there, there's there needs to be a lot more work done. However, um, with the pandemic happening, the sense of community has been absolutely incredible to see. Agreed. Yeah. So during the series, were there any specific supports um, that came up for women entrepreneurs uh, or internally through the Build Up Women series? Was there anything that you want to share with our listeners in terms of learnings or areas that they could explore further on their own time? 
Sure. Um, I think the biggest one was access to mentors. And so with the way that the, the series was designed is it is in no way designed that for individuals to not be able to connect after these conversations. So I've always ensured that people have access to speakers' contact information who are very, very welcoming, who are supportive of that. Um, and I think that's the biggest one is <clears throat> understanding that um, that there's someone that you can connect with mm. after an event or after uh, the series based on the discussion um, has really been helpful, helping a lot of people. And that's certainly come to light during my time when I've been uh, collecting impact measurement for the series from individuals who have attended the conversation. That is the one um, commonality that I've been hearing mm. is having access to support um, of for women who have uh, been invited to speak at the series discussion as well. Mm. Um, on an internal level, what's been amazing as well is uh, to see uh, women who are repeatedly, repeatedly coming to the series conversations. Mm. Um, the retention part has been incredible to see. Um, and that also kind of speaks to the, the amount of time uh, that we're carving out for ourselves, <laughs> for, whether that is to learn from, whether that is to make new friends, engage with, network, um, uh, you know, start something together uh, and be allies with. And I think that's been the biggest thing is is the sense of community that's been built um, from these conversations. Yeah. Um, and for myself, I can say the same thing. I have met so many incredible women, obviously, including yourself and and so lucky to to call them my friends um, who continue to kind of support and empower me to continue on this journey, um, not only from from speakers, but also from people who are attending the series conversations to ensure that the, the discussions are continuing to happen. Mm. Um, so the, this, in terms of support, yes, absolutely. Um, the speakers say yes to reaching out <laughs> from, mm. from those attending the conversations. Um, yes to support, yes to mentoring. Um, a lot of yeses, which has been wonderful to see. Amazing. And when you think of, you know, potentially not necessarily your, your Built Up Women series speakers, but personal icons of yours, um, of empowered women, um, are there any examples or, or, you know, key women that have inspired you throughout this journey and what has set them apart for you? Sure. Well, I, there's been, well, everyone, <laughs> really. <laughs> yeah. I think the common denominator is two things. So there's two common denominators. One is really understanding their purpose. Mm. Why are they doing what they're doing? Um, how are they empowering others mm -hmm. to do that? Mm -hmm. um, and the second thing is their engagement with community has just been phenomenal to see and hear. I think that's essentially what is setting these women apart, mm -hmm. is not only they're business focused, they're also focusing on future generations. Mm -hmm. They're also focusing on inclusive conversations with the community. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what is setting people apart. Amazing. And so yeah. leaving our, our listeners with one key piece of advice um, or, you know, key takeaway, recommendation, um, you know, piece of gold that they can really feel inspired coming out of today's conversation and implement potentially into their business, what would that one key piece of advice be? 
Oh my goodness, just one key piece. Okay, so <laughs> I will try my very best. Um, so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna be tricky, and I'm gonna say this is a two part piece of my. Go for it. Go for it. <laughs> sure. So um, part one is really understanding um, why you're doing what you're doing. I think that is the most important question, which people unfortunately don't spend enough time doing is just asking yourself the same thing. Why am I doing this? What is this for? For what purpose? Um, right. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I'm saying this is because on those days where you feel defeated or down, things are not going the way that you expected. That is the time for you to really reflect Mm -hmm. on the why Mm -hmm. that is a time that is what will empower you to continue, to give yourself a break, Mm -hmm. (laughs) to allow yourself to cry even if that is what's happening. And that is the most important thing that I would say. The other piece I would say as well is to ensure that you're engaging the people who are engaging with you. Mm. Engage with people who are engaging with you. Really ask those critical questions. Why are you engaging in this? What is drawing you to not you, what is drawing people to your business? Mm. It may be you, (laughs) which is a good thing, but what is the true reason why people are engaging? That will really help two things. One, validate what you're doing, and secondly, it'll give you an opportunity to really refine the direction and reflect the the direction that you want to go in Mm. as well. So I think those are two critical things to really reflect on. Amazing. Thank you so much, Somya. And, and we're so excited, you know, kicking off the new year, uh, reflecting on allyship and, and continuing this really important conversation. Um, and it has been such a pleasure watching your journey, um, building up the Build Up Women series and uh, and really making an impact across Canada uh, through our networks and beyond. So um, it, uh, it has been an incredible watch. Congratulations. Well, thank you so much. And I want to say a huge, uh, oh, I already said thank you, but I really wanted to say thank you. Um, Obviously, you're supporting from the get-go. So thank you so much for saying yes to what was just a concept. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And now it's a series, Mm -hmm. which I'm so proud of. Um, And it's been really wonderful. So I'm really looking forward to kickstarting the new year. Dang it. Amazing. Thank you so much, Sonia, for joining us on the Thrive Podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for joining us this week on the Thrive Podcast, where we help women entrepreneurs to start and build thriving businesses. Thank you to the Startup Canada production team, BDC, and Scotiabank for helping us to power women entrepreneurs. Visit startupcan.ca forward slash women to download the playbook Resources for Women Entrepreneurs with a comprehensive list of support for you and your business. Visit startupcan.ca for the latest episodes of the Startup Canada podcast hosted by Rick Spence and plug into the Startup Canada network. Until next time, I'm Kayla Isabel. It's time to thrive.